Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Hey, welcome everyone, and welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. And Steve Lacey is coming to us from a different location today, so if you hear his audio is a little bit different, it's because he's using Skype. And uh, how's the climate where you're at today, Steve? The climate is awesome. I was just telling you before we went on that I've got the window open, you're hearing the birds chirping, the weather's great. It's awesome. Got a cool little breeze blowing. That's nice. We're actually in the same town, but we're in different offices in different locations. So we're both in Tucson, Arizona, and it is nice today, although it's going to get windy. But anyhow, I divert from that. Uh, digress, I should say. Uh, so we are, uh, this is episode two of our Church Solutions podcast. Steve Lacey is our founder and president of JSL Solutions, and that we do uh, streamingchurch.tv, which is streaming video. We do churchapplive.com which are, of course, mobile apps, and then we have myflock.com, which is the website and the church management tools for all that stuff. And uh, this podcast is is not just about technology, although we're going to touch on technology, and there will be some episodes where it's just strictly technology. You know, it could be streaming video. It could be mobile apps. could be other stuff. Uh, today we're actually going to uh, talk about a little bit of a different subject, although technology falls into that. And what are we going to talk about today, Steve? We are talking about how to attract and keep new attenders at your church. Exactly. And this is a question I get a lot for people that, that are, are trying to get people to watch their online, streaming online stuff. But it also kind of applies to uh, just your church in general. And I want to say right off the bat that Steve and I have, even though we're working for this company here, that does technology stuff primarily, we have both got a ton of experience working with local churches. And uh, Steve has been involved in uh, church leadership for, what, 20 years probably at least, right, Steve? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. at least. Yeah. Getting old, man. Yeah. I know. It's it's, uh, it's sad. But anyhow, uh, so Steve is no stranger to being involved in active leadership in his church, local church, as as am I. I, I got involved. I came on staff for a ministry in 1978 as an executive director, uh, and I've been involved in churches ever since. I've uh, been a worship leader, worship pastor, been an executive pastor, been a senior pastor, helped start some churches and plant some churches. And so uh, between the both of us, uh, we've got a ton of, of, of information that we can give you. And as we talk about how to keep and attract uh, new attenders, uh, we also understand that we have, we're, we're speaking to, to different People out here that have a, a, a wide range of cultural uh, cultural experiences, and there's just different churches. I mean, Steve, with our company alone, we've got a, just a diverse group of churches that use us. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun having uh, the streaming church because you get to go to church uh, all over the world every weekend, and you get to see how different people are doing church, uh, and it runs the gamut. It's really interesting to see how diverse the you know the church is and they're all they have one thing in common they're all streaming but they're just really different 
Yeah, that's true. And uh, so not only do we experience that online, but uh, I've been in, involved in ministry and, and, and work with lots of different groups, uh, from African-American groups to uh, uh, Asian groups to uh, Baptists to Pentecostals. Cowboys, cowboy yeah. churches. Yeah, yeah. I've actually, uh, I had a guy. I was a part of a ministerial alliance in Kansas, and I worked with a fellow who was pastoring a cowboy church, and uh, went and spoke to his group. So uh, we 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 respect the different cultures. So we're going to talk about some things here that you may not always agree with, but at least keep an open mind because we understand that different churches have different ways of doing church, and that's okay. But there are some things we're going to talk about here that maybe just maybe you can apply to what you're doing no matter what your culture is. So the first thing we want to talk about is and when we talk about how to get and keep, you know, attract and keep new attenders is what, Steve? Well, the first is when people are wanting to check out your church, the first thing they're going to do is go online and check out your website. There's, so yeah, there's that's a, the, that's no, I mean, no longer is it the front doors of your facility, the first impression for the church, uh, for your, you know, new, new members or new attenders. First impressions on the web. So, and the majority of people are going to decide after looking at your website whether that church may or may not be a fit for you. Well, that's true. And uh, there's a stat that came out recently that said when people are looking for a new church, over 70% now go online and look online. So that is, that is a huge thing. So what that, what does that mean to you and I and to, to churches out there? Those of you listening, what it means is you need to really take a look at your website and, uh, you might need to clean it up a little bit. I, I did a little video a few weeks ago about hoarders and how sometimes your website can look like a hoarder's website. I mean, th- there are some websites out there, church websites, that have so much information on the home page that it's just it's just overwhelming. You, you can't right. you can't navigate. You can't find anything. It's just too much information. So uh, we would really encourage you to look at your website. Maybe even have somebody that doesn't go to church. You know, look at your website and can they find uh, the things they need to find? For instance, there's what? There's at least probably three things that yeah, should be found. There's a few things yeah, that you're going to want to have. You know, they're going to want to know. Um, you know, how do I find you and when are your services? I mean, those are some obvious important pieces yep. of it. And then what to expect is a, is a key one as well. Um, yeah, you, know, you can, uh, it's probably good to have maybe a, a link that's pretty prominent for like if you're new to such and such church, you know. Right. Uh, so you can tell people what to expect. And, and if you've got some audio, uh, or some video, it would be good to maybe have some links to to that. Have a, maybe a page that's got some. Even if you don't stream, uh, maybe you've got some some audio. Right. That you could. Put that up. was. I mean, years ago, before we were streaming at our local church, um, people would come to church and they, you know, they'd obviously check us out online, and we'd ask, well, what, you know, what did you check out to get a feel for the place? And one of the key ones was they listened to recorded sermons. They wanted to get a feel for what the pastor was like and, you know, what the service was going to be like. And if you have, you know, your sermons archived, either video or audio, that's a, that gives people a really good idea of what to, you know, what to expect when they show up. Yeah, it really is. So it's really important to really kind of take a look at your website. That's a real good thing. And then moving along here a little bit, because we have 
kind of a little list here that we're going to get to. And this, this our our podcast is usually about 29, 30 minutes long. So as we go here, uh, something that seems like a no-brainer, but I've seen this over and over again as mistakes churches make, you've really got to have good signage. So this applies to your actual location. We talked about a website earlier. But good signage makes a huge difference uh, when it comes to attracting people to your church and, 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 you know, those people who are looking for a church, they drive by, uh, you know, I recently was working with a church who, who put some signage up and it wasn't really high enough. They were in a, in a situation where you couldn't see the sign. Okay. <laughs> it's like, hey guys, you gotta do something about this. You gotta make it so people could see it. Yeah. And, so there's an element of being able to, I guess, recognize and find the church, which is, you know, I saw your sign. As I went by, but as you mentioned, you got good signage. That could also mean just uh, creating a quality sign that would, because that's you know that's the second impression, right? If people really check is. you out online, and they're gonna they're gonna see your sign when they yeah. come to your facility. So if you've got something, you know, if, if you've got a graphic artist or if you've got a logo, uh, that would be good if it's a good logo to, to reproduce it for a sign. I remember years ago, Steve, and, and you remember this back in the uh, in the 90s where uh, your church, which was my church at the time, a live church, uh, was in a, a storefront. It had about 10,000 square feet in a storefront in Tucson, and it wasn't the greatest storefront in the world. It didn't look the greatest, but the sign that we had, had a nice big sign on the storefront, and and I thought the logo that Alive used to have was pretty good, and uh, and and people s- drove by that place all the time, and we always had visitors coming through the door, and they saw the sign, and the sign was big, it was easily to read, easy to read, uh, colorful, it was red, white, and a nice little logo that I don't know if Jeff came up with that or somebody did, but it was it was a good signage. So so don't underestimate your signage, and. Uh, you know, if, if you can, if you don't have something to work with out there, maybe you're you're stuck and you're you're stuck with a sign that is just ancient. Uh, look into maybe refreshing it, maybe replacing it. And another thing you could do is also you could put up some nice banners. Uh, you can get banners made today. Vista Print does <laughs> does banners, and you you can put together a nice banner and you could put a banner up that could also attract some attention. Mm-hmm. So to keep in mind, especially if you're doing a new series or, or something. Yeah. That's or, yeah. Or you could do both. I mean, you have your sign and then put the banners up for yeah, yeah special events. Yeah. A lot of churches around us are, are starting to use that. It, it really does. Some churches are using sandwich board signs and, uh, you know, they seem to me a little annoying, but, but we have found, uh, that sandwich board signs do work. They do attract people and uh, people put them on different corners, maybe right down the street. Mm-hmm. For the church, and so if you if you're if you're if you're in a location that will let you use sandwich board signs, and again if you do it well, I mean don't just put up a crappy looking sandwich board sign, you know put up something with maybe your logo and something with you know nice nice fonts, but right. it it will make a difference, it really will. Yeah, um, we went through a season at Alive where they the the signs on the streets were just made a, a great difference. I mean there were all kinds of people coming to church through the signs. Yeah, it, it really does make a difference, and and so. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, let me touch on this. It's not on my list here, but uh, if you can put together a good mailer, uh, bulk mailer, uh, some people say that that's not working anymore. But I, I, I think it still can work if you put together a nice, well-produced bulk mailer. Yeah, you, you had a, you had told me a story about you had done uh, a couple of mailers, right? And, yeah. and one kind of flopped and one did really well. 
Yeah. Is that? Yeah, that was when I was uh, starting a church in Kansas, and uh, the, the mailer I did, the first one I sent out was okay, uh, but the, the second one I sent out, and I actually used the company. I can't remember who they are. I think you might know who they are. Uh, uh, I don't know. If, I forget the name of them off the top of my head, but they had a graphic that I thought was really kind of nice, and it was this big old dog. Uh, it was like a pug or something. I don't know what it was, bulldog, and, and this dog was licking the face of this girl that was you know smiling and 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 uh it it attracts attention you know a lot of there's a lot of pet lovers out there and and on the on the the front of the postcard you have this dog licking the face of this of this girl and it says we're kind of like this only not as messy i think or not as sloppy or something like that and and in the back was you know we love people and and the service times and all that so mailers can work don't underestimate them they can work now if everybody in your town is using them and maybe you know that may you may want to rethink that. But you can also you know with zip codes and stuff, you don't have to send out a mailer to sixty thousand people. You know you can send it out right to your neighborhood too. So keep that in mind uh, when it comes to attracting people, getting people. And uh, also, let's just kind of move on here, unless you got something else to add to that. Steve. Well, I was just one thing uh, you know deviating from the list as well. One of the key things that um, I forgot about before we started this thing was, uh, you know, advertising on the web. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of the most effective things that we had done in a live was take out Google AdWords. That's true. And uh, so people, you know, not only are they, if they're looking online, they're going to, you know, they'll find your site. And and then, you know, one thing will lead to the other. But um, using paid advertisements in a targeted area, so that's when you're that triggered my thought process is you can target a very small area to target, you know, the, your town or your part of town, and with Google AdWords, and that will you know bring some people to your website and then eventually to your church. That's a good point. I forgot all about that. How could I forget that? That's that's really. Important. I don't know. It's very effective. We at Alive here, we were uh, one of the early birds and. Uh, it was very effective and very affordable when we started. Uh, and then uh, other churches start catching on, and the way Google AdWords work, it's a it's a bidding system, and so the more people people that want the same words, the higher the prices get. So it's a little more expensive now than it was in the beginning, but that would that too was a real effective way to reach the community. Yeah, that's that's really true. So if you're going to do Google AdWords again, go back to the number one thing on our list, and that was you know make sure your website looks good. And uh, put some effort into that. So good, yeah, that's a good point, Steve. So uh, speaking of 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 using, uh, well, let's let's just jump into let's let's kind of go back and forth here a little. Let's jump into the door. So so people are in your in your church, and I don't have these things in any particular order, but we're talking about keeping and attracting tenders. Use technology if you can to enhance what you do in your worship services, and and there's several things that fall into place here. Uh, I mean, for instance, one of the biggest downers to churches, and it's almost universal in my opinion, is, uh, you know, you might hear some great music, you might have a great message, but somehow or another in there, there's usually something stuck somewhere called announcements. <laughs> and, and announcements, if you're not careful, can really just, they just, Sometimes they're just a complete waste of time, and I, and if they're not done right, if they're not, if the person making the announcements is not prepared, uh, it's just, it's just to me, it's a useless 
piece of time that, that goes down the drain. So there's a couple things you can do with announcements. One is take a look at them and don't announce every single thing going on in your church. Just announce some of the things that are maybe pertinent or relevant to the whole group. So the right. whole people now. So if you've got something going on with the kids ministry, it may not be relevant to everybody in the in the worship center or the sanctuary. Just have that listed in your bulletin, and we'll talk about a program guide here in a moment. But uh, list the things that are really you know uh, apply to everybody in the in the deal. And then I would strongly suggest that if you've got a, you know if you if you've got a projector and you've got you know if you're putting music up on slides, uh, make some announcement slides and have those correlate with with the person making announcements. So if they're talking about some event going on at the churchwide event, you know, have a have a graphic up there right. and have it up there and uh you know, use it to to benefit what you're doing. You, you use it to enhance the announcement. So you'll keep right. people kind of entertained, you know, and not All Right. Another thing you can do as well, I mean, along those same lines as we we started doing recently is just videotaping the announcements. Mm-hmm. Yes. That way you can get them really polished. I can the announcements person can take as many takes as it needs for them to get the uh, the video just right, and then uh, do a video announcement. And just it kind of spices things up with just a change of pace. Sometimes there's video announcements, sometimes it's in person. But uh, yeah. that's another idea. That's that's actually a very good idea. And uh, you know, today with your iPhone, you can just I mean, you know, you might want to adjust the lighting a little bit and make sure the sound is good, but you can do a video announcement very easily today with iPhone, just your iPhone if you, you know, if you do it right, if you, if you create the right environment. So that's a very good point, and uh, it really makes sense. And, you know, I, I, I use the word entertainment there. Some people's ears probably went up. Uh, well, church is not about entertainment. Well, what I'm getting at here is, is you know, keep things up, you know, keep things lively, and, uh you know, announce what you should be announcing and, and stuff that's gonna, that doesn't apply to people or only applies to a small group of people. Uh, you know, just really minimize those things and put that in your program. And, uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. So moving on the list here. Go for it. Social media. Uh, one of the ways you can connect with new people as well as people looking for a church and your regular attenders is by using social media and using email. Uh, email is still a valid way to communicate with people. And, uh, you know, I would strongly suggest if we talk about email, I would strongly suggest putting together a newsletter that's got some graphics. Uh, one of the tools that, that, that I use for my church, in fact, we use it for our company, Steve, is MailChimp. Right. Yeah, we integrate in with MailChimp. So, yeah, and it's a great tool. Um, it's got a, a starting level of free. So that's always appealing to every, to lots of people. And it's a way to put together a professional newsletter and send it out to your to your mail list. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's other things out there. Constant Contact is another one that's paid, and, and you know that, that's a good one. And a nice thing about Constant Contact and Mailchimp is there's tracking as well too. You can actually find out how many people opened it, and and they even have helpful suggestions on how you can improve your newsletter, how you can get more people to to read it and open it. So uh, you you can use that uh, you know and and get people on your list. Uh, and, and, you know, again, don't send out junk, send out good stuff that people need to know, stuff that they're going to be interested in and don't overdo it. Maybe do it once a week. And, right. and then social media, I mean, we've talked about this before on, on different things we've covered. Uh, but, uh, you know, social media does Twitter is a valid tool. Facebook, uh, your church really should have a Facebook page. Uh, there's lots of things out there and I know it can be overwhelming. And in my opinion, some of it is overrated. 
Some of it is just, uh, you know, I got to do this, got to do that, I got to update this. But find out what works and use it. So, right. do you have a social media person at at your church that's managing all the social media, or is it just one of the things that people keep on their list to keep rolling, or how is it managed? Well, well, at, at my church, I actually do it, but but I would strongly suggest that you maybe oh, you're find. The man, huh? I, I for my particular church, I am. But uh, Alive had somebody. Actually, I think I was the guy at Alive when I was on staff at Alive Church, your church, Steve. Uh, uh, I was the guy there for a while too. But I, it would be good if you could, you know, you can find a volunteer, and there's probably somebody in your church that likes social media, and then just give them some guidelines and some boundaries. And and uh, and then again, I know. Look, I I understand it can be overwhelming. There's lots of channels out there now, from Google Plus to Twitter to Facebook to just LinkedIn to all these things. But you know, maybe start with one or two and see if it works. And that's a whole other subject that we don't have time for. We're already 20 minutes into this, but uh, social media can work. But I'd emphasize the newsletter. So uh, here's another thing that's important when people are walking into your church. Let people know what to expect and then fulfill it. Now, Steve touched on this earlier for your website. You should probably have something on your website to let people know what to expect. And uh, you need to fulfill it, too. So when people come, uh, you know, if you say this is going to happen and something doesn't happen, it can be yeah. a real bummer. Yeah, or you present a particular picture and you want to make sure that, yeah, it's accurate and authentic. Uh, it's really about putting yourself in the shoes of a new person, a visitor, or at least a newer person. And now, look, I understand, again, we're speaking to all sorts of different church cultures here. Uh, I, I've talked to people about this, and I have been in. I was in the charismatic Pentecostal culture for years. Um, and one of the things we always used to say was, well, you know, if the spirit moves, we got to go with the spirit. And and I'll, and you know what? There, I totally agree with that. Go for it. However, if that's happening in your church, then somebody needs to get up and, and kind of explain that to newer people. You don't have to make a big deal about it. Just say, you know what, we're going to little, we're going to go a little bit longer today because we just sense that God is is wanting us to worship longer, or maybe you know, I I just sense that God wants me to talk about this. Uh, right. I have a I, I think I've mentioned this to you before, but I have a good friend that um, confided in me. And he said, um, it was actually he and his wife, he said the most uncomfortable time he has ever experienced in his life was at church. And it was basically he he didn't know what to expect and had uh, an experience that made him feel very, very uncomfortable. So he was confiding in me that, um, you know, Last time he had gone to church, it was the worst thing that had ever happened to him. So it's important to uh, gauge or set up what to, ex- you know, let people know what to expect and then do fulfill it. And so that people know what they're uh, getting into when they come to your church. Uh, you know, that, that, and that's kind of sad that, that, you know, he may never go to a church again. And, and uh, hopefully he will someday. But, uh, again, if you're Pentecostal, if you guys do things differently, that's fine. Nobody's judging you. Go for it. But you might want to list on your website and maybe even in your program uh, just a little bit of your mission statement, your vision, and so that people know, hey, I'm in a I'm in a group that's you know the service is maybe two and a half hours long, you know, three hours long, or, or you know whatever. So there's ways that even when that's going on during the service, there's ways to effectively communicate that. 
and, and give people the liberty to, to, you know, to understand what's, or at least somewhat understand what's going on. So mm-hmm. again, we understand that. So speaking of, of, you know, it's, it's just to me common sense, you know, putting yourself in the shoes of, of somebody that's new. Uh, moving along here for the sake of time, program guides. Actually, my wife says that's redundant. So, uh, bulletins or programs, whatever you want to call it, other materials are very important for newer people, for either guests or newer people. Uh, and again, I touched on something earlier about, you know, if you have announcements, don't put, don't stand there and announce everything for 10 minutes. You know, your announcements, if you, if you have it, somebody that makes announcements sometime in the service, maybe keep it two minutes, you know, at the most, three at the most, but you can put information in your program guide. But again, make sure that you put it in there concise. Uh, doesn't have to be long, long things. Try to make it so that it's easy to read. Uh, maybe give people uh, websites they can go to or email addresses they can so when they want to take it home they can always ask questions send an email out uh, you should have material on hand that people can look at that explains your vision of your church your purpose of your church you know some of the other ministries that you've got going on uh, just very important uh, for newer people and, uh, and and by the way this is a side note make sure you're proof your, your your bulletin and if you know if you've got somebody that you know if betsy's doing your bulletin and god bless her she's does it every week and she's a great servant but she makes lots of typos you don't necessarily have to fire betsy you know just have somebody else proof it before it gets printed and you know make some changes on some things because nothing speaks Nothing speaks more about haphazard stuff than having just a bunch of typos in your material. I understand it happens, but, you know, to have it consistently, uh, it, that speaks volumes to, you know, the quality of your church. So, mm-hmm. so next one on the list. Greet. About, yeah. Greet, but don't embarrass guests. Yeah. Uh, and this, again, put your, sh- put yourself in the shoes of a newer person. Uh, I think you should have greeters. Uh, that are available to, you know, give somebody a program, shake their hand, show them where the bathrooms are, show them where the kids ministry is, you know, whatever they need, answer some questions. But, but you know, they don't have to be overwhelmed. And then I know that a lot of churches do this in their service. In fact, my church does this. We, we do music. We make an announcement or two, and then we ask everybody to stand up and greet one another. I don't like it. Uh, but, that's something they've done for years, and we don't make it a long, drawn-out thing. We spend a minute or two greeting people, and then we move on. So I'm not saying you have to do that, but calling people out and having them stand up. Hey, if you're new here. Stand up. and yeah. One of the things that I experienced in college that was I thought was really neat, it was I went to uh, actually a, a large church and was just visiting the church, and they had a, um, a meet-and-greet session with basically the pastor would very quickly say, we have some new people here. Everybody stand and greet the new people. And the new people didn't know what was going on. So they were, they'd stay seated in their seats and everybody else stood up. And so, um, you're, if you're stuck sitting in your seat because it was your first time, you didn't know the drill. Um, then the people around you were, you know, greeting you. And it was actually a, it was a nice way of getting greeted without being shoved out in front of the rest of the church. And uh, I thought it was a neat little uh, okay. twist on the, rather than having uh, the, the new, the new people 
uh, stand up is have everybody stand up except the new people. Okay. Well, that's a twist. That, that's, that's definitely something different, you know, so maybe not quite as awkward. So again, you know, I know there's different cultures out there and, and different things, but again, just be sensitive to your new people and, and, uh, you know, grieve, but don't, you know, overwhelm them. Uh, Children's ministry. I got. We got to move on, and we got like about two minutes left. Children's right. children's ministry area. Uh, this is real important. Uh, if you're trying to attract young families, new families, and keep them, really make sure your children's ministry area is up is up to snuff. Uh, you know, make sure you've got good workers, people that have been. Uh, honestly, I believe you should you should really do background checks on your uh, you know on your your children's workers, your volunteers, and, and really, you know, make sure the area is clean and neat. And, uh, you know, again, this is important for young families that their children are taken care of. And uh, we don't have a lot of time here, Steve, but I, I remember you went to a church, and one of the reasons when you first came in town here, one of the reasons you didn't stay was you weren't really that impressed with their children's ministry. Is that right, right. right. They, had, they were meeting in a temporary location, and the, the children's area was in actually a hotel room in uh, in a hotel. And it was just, it was not designed for little kids and we had little kids and they were just actually not, not a, uh, a banquet room, but an actual hotel room with a bed and a sink and the whole, you know, television on the wall, that whole same sort of thing. So no, it was not really good. So, um, Phil, as we're wrapping up here, what, if you were to, you put this list together, you know, some tips for how to keep and attract new attenders. What do you think are the top three or four? things on the list well uh i i think that you know to attract people website's got to be good uh your facility needs to be clean and neat and uh you know you i gosh i know there's so many on here but uh, uh i think that uh you're you're connecting with visitors one of the things that we didn't get to here but you really should have some kind of groups you know the way people are going to connect is they're going to have to make friends so you need to have a, a culture develop a culture of, of friendliness. <laughs> That's a technical term, friendliness, <laughs> acceptance. Uh, Chuck Smith was uh, the founder of Calvary Chapel, and I had an opportunity to interview Chuck Smith in 1981. And his his group opened their open his church in, in Costa Mesa, California, opened their hearts up to the hippies in the late 60s, and their church just exploded. And uh, some people didn't like it. But uh, he changed the whole generation. He helped change a generation. So I think having a culture of acceptance and being friendly. Look, I think doing everything with a spirit of excellence is important. Not perfection, not perfection, but just do the best you can with what you got, and 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 just love people and accept where they're at. You know, their dress might not be the way you want them to, to look. Uh, they may not have the same background you have. They may not even believe everything you believe, but uh, develop a relationship with people. And these basic things we just talked about, from websites to signage to using you know technology to enhance what you're doing, uh, I think yeah. those things add up and they make a difference. All right. No, I mean, definitely some of those things are geared towards attracting the people. But as you mentioned, um, people are going to stay for the relationships. So, yeah. and that's both with, um, you know, the pastors as well as people they meet, uh, at the church. Uh, they'll, they'll come for the, you know, for the website or the initial, you know, piece of curiosity, but they'll stay for their relationships. That's right. And, uh, so connecting with them and even, you know, follow up emails, uh, now again, not being pushy, but if you're able to capture information, you know, from people on a connection card or something like that. And then, you know, after they, the next day, maybe send them a letter or send them an email saying, Hey, thanks for coming. And let us know if we can help you if anything that will add on. So we're out of time, Steve. <laughs> All right. 
But, uh, folks, if we can help you with anything, and again, we center on technology, although we can, you know, because we have our experiences, we, we do a lot of different things for churches. If we can help you, our email address is support at streamingchurch.tv. I'm Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. You guys have a great day.